from him who calls us each and every week to our Sabbath rest, and from him who is our Sabbath rest, be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for today comes from both the Old Testament lesson and from our gospel lesson. The Old Testament lesson saying, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. And Jesus saying, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. These are our texts. Perhaps Psalm 122 verse 1 puts the theme of our readings for today best when it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So my question for you this morning is, are you glad? Last night or earlier this morning when your husband or wife or your mom or your dad or somebody else said to you, let's go to church today. What was your reaction? Maybe it was good. Maybe it was lukewarm. Maybe it was, oh, I don't want to do that today. But you are here. Are you glad? In a devotion I read just this week, the author Chad Bird says this, those words, I was glad when they said to me, certainly don't roll off my tongue when I roll out of bed on Sunday morning. Maybe my wife and I stayed out late on Saturday night. There's still yard work and grocery shopping and laundry and a hundred other things to do before Monday comes around. I'm likely to get cornered by Mr. Meddler or Ms. Gossip-a-lot and have to find a way to politely excuse myself from them. Or or maybe I'm just bone-tired. I want to chill I want to revel in my introversion. I I just want to stay home on Sunday morning, drink coffee, and work hard at doing zilch. I'm not always smiling at the thought of going to the house of the Lord, Chad Bird writes. Well, both our Old Testament lesson and our gospel lesson for today make it clear that there is very good reason for us to be here Every single week, every time there is an opportunity, every time those two doors get unlocked and we are here for worship. Deuteronomy says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God, what? Commanded you. And Jesus himself says, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so we can see just how clear it is that we ought to be in church every single week when we ask ourselves just a few questions that I want to ask for you today. And the first is this. Should people, should I, be in church every week? Well, you know what the answer to the question is. You know how I would answer that question for you. Of course, In fact, it's the pattern that God himself set for us from the very beginning of the world. Our Lord God Almighty spent six days working hard, creating the universe and everything that is in it. And then even God himself on the seventh day rested from all of his labors, setting aside that one day for Sabbath. He made it holy. He made it holy for us because on that day, 
God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. The second question is this. Well, what happens if I don't come to church every week? Is faith made weak and eventually killed by not being here? Of course it is. The answer is yes. It is made clear throughout Scripture that God's people are kept alive by gathering around the things that happen here in this place week after week, month after month, year after year. Just a few examples. In his first letter, the disciple Peter makes it clear that baptism now saves you. Baptism is what happens here in this place as we are gathered together as God's community and children or people are brought forward and God's work, his act of life is carried out right here in this place and people are saved. Or think about King David in Psalm 119, how he makes it clear that God's word brings life and encouragement and hope. David repeatedly affirms that he uses the word of God as a counselor, that he uses it to give him strength and to bring comfort in his affliction. David says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And in the psalm, David makes it clear that the word of God is the very source of his life. God's word is alive. It is powerful. It is active. And when it is preached and taught and gathered around here in this place, your faith is fed. You grow. And you go forth from this place a stronger Christian ready to carry out the work of God in his world. And in addition to that, St. Paul makes it clear that when we are gathered together around the Lord's Supper, miraculous things happen for us, not only as individuals, but also for us as a church community. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? And the bread that we break isn't not a participation in the body of Christ. So when we come forward to this rail and eat and drink here, we are eating and drinking the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins as Jesus feeds it into our own mouths individually. And then he draws us together and unites us with him as a body, as a community. What a wonderful gift that is. Because Paul says there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread, that is Jesus Christ himself. We are unified and united and made one and brought into community with him and with one another so that we can love and even forgive each other as he has forgiven us. And the third question is this, well, should we? Should we make a habit of resting our bodies and resting our souls every week and then also extending that gift to other people who are in our lives? And again, the answer is, of course. Yes, we should. It's what the original commandment says very plainly. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. But why? The why is the heart of the matter. Do you think God needs us to be here? God doesn't need us to be here. It's because we need to be here. 
not because we must serve God, but because God wants to serve us. Not because the Sabbath needs our obedience, but because we need the Sabbath's rest. So does that mean that everybody who comes to church, does that mean that all of you, all of us, here today are here with a pure and a clean and a willing heart that we came here absolutely willingly? Absolutely not. I can tell you from experience that pastors don't always want to go to church either. With all the work that they did the previous week, doing hospital visits and getting Bible studies ready and preparing the sermon and everything else, they could really use a day at the beach on Sundays. Sometimes Sunday morning for pastors feels like Monday morning for the rest of the population. Sometimes it's just as difficult for us to get going and to get motivated on Sunday mornings. But we go anyway. Glad or not, willing or not, pastors get out of bed, they get themselves to the house of the Lord, and by doing that, even and especially, I think, in a most unexpected way, despite sometimes the unwillingness of a pastor, a pastor fulfills unwittingly another duty of the pastoral office, and that is making an example for the flock. Simply being here in church. Because, you see, nobody goes to the house of the Lord for entirely pure or selfless or God-living motives. We are all deeply flawed human beings with inflated egos, with thin skin, with selfish ambitions, and plenty of other nastiness hidden under our Sunday best. Which is why going to church, willing or not, is the best thing we can do on a Sunday morning. It matters not what motivated you to come here. You are here because in church, we hear about a God who loves us fully, wholly, and completely despite of our flaws. He's the one who calls us to repentance here, and he's the one who stands ready to wash us in the flood of his grace. As Chad Bird writes in that devotional that I read this week, we'll hear here the good news of the Christ who died and rose for us, for Mr. Medler, for Mrs. Gossipalot, and all the others. We will kneel at the altar and hear Christ say, take, eat, this is my body, without ever questioning what our motives are for kneeling here. In the house of the Lord, the Spirit will apply the cleansing blood of Jesus to our hearts that are full of bad, twisted, and self-serving motives so that our hearts are pumped full of nothing but pure, saving blood of Christ. In our 11 o'clock service today, as I said earlier, Jake Manette is going to be confirmed. His confirmation verse is very appropriate for today's theme. It's from Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. And if you remember Deuteronomy, toward the end, it's where Moses is no longer able to lead his people because he has died and cannot enter the promised land because of his sin. And so Joshua takes over. Joshua takes over sort of unwittingly. He takes over uh, not very willingly, and he's a little bit scared. And so God comes to him with these words. 
he says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So from where will that courage, where will that strength come for Joshua? Where will that courage, where will that strength come from for Jake as he stands before the altar today and makes his confirmation vows? Where will that strength, where will that courage come from for you as you come here and you remember your confirmation? You after that time, certainly met all kinds of trials and temptations. You met triumphs and challenges, as Jake will. Well, your courage and strength will come, has come, is coming, is going to come from being in the place, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, where Hugh and where Jake will rest in the Lord and God will give you the gifts to go on, in strength and encourage another week until your faith is flagging a little bit and Sunday rolls around again and you need another injection of God's grace and love and you come back again. And that pattern repeats itself every single week. Now, will Jake always be glad when someone says to him, let's go to the house of the Lord? Are you always glad when somebody says to you, let's go to the house of the Lord? Well, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. But one thing is for certain. The Lord is glad to have you here. Because if he's here, he is here with love and forgiveness and a smile of grace on his face. We're his children. He is always overjoyed to see us here in his house. And when we leave his house, we leave here with hearts overflowing with the mercy that he has showered upon us because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus our Savior, who gives us strength and courage to meet each and every day, each and every week with his strength and his grace and his courage and his favor. In his name, amen.